the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. Man, it does not look great out there right now. And I'm not talking about the stock market. I'm just talking about the world. I saw some pictures of the Wuhan airport. It's a big, legit airport. It's not like a backcountry. We don't know where this virus started kind of world. It's a big airport. And it looks like a zombie apocalypse movie. It's pretty surreal. Um, you're seeing today crazy stuff. Jeff Bezos, $10 billion, trying to fight climate change. He's made a donation into the Bezos World Fund. You're seeing Apple Outlook cut, renewing questions about China over-reliance. It brings up the question, yes, China has the technology to manufacture these great phones, and China has the people to do it at low cost. But China is also kind of the origin of some not-so-good human stories whether it's how they treat some of their own citizens to how they treat some other religions to their food supply and how it tends to get corrupt and tainted a little bit more often than it should in the 21st century, we think. Um, And again, my knowledge of food corruption chain supply is, is silly. Big headline out there that locusts are swarming, ravaging East Africa are the size of cities. That just sounds like, huh, I wonder if that's normal. I wonder if we, what we could do about it. Infection cases top 73,000 plus. 1,873 people have died around the world. So in those kind of numbers, it's not worse than the common flu in the United States. In the We can contain the flu with flu shots, but we don't have one for this guy. It brings up a lot of questions. Elon Musk is calling Bill Gates underwhelming after Bill Gates purchased a Porsche Taycan all-electric vehicle. And it just it shows that these guys have egos. Um, I don't know what to say other than I think the electric vehicle push brought about by Elon Musk, whether he did it intentionally or not, whether he is the grandfather of the modern electric vehicle or not, um, it has to be a good thing because we can cut down on pollution, which whether pollution causes cancer or pollution is causing global strife with you know locust swarms along East Africa that are sizes of cities, I hate locusts. I don't mind cockroaches. I don't mind flying bugs. I don't mind snakes. I don't mind rats. But for some reason, locust freaks me out. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Another story about climate change right now, reshaping the Atlantic fisheries. 
I don't get too caught up in story stock investing like global warming or stories of long lines of like marijuana. More people are using marijuana. I get it. Story stocks, I, I think you have to kind of separate them at times and figure out what's investable, what's not investable. Just throwing it out there for you that I don't always agree. Um, I don't always take the road that you may think is the wisest. For instance, someone emailed me, and people sometimes, I don't think they're trying to be contentious. I just, I'm thinking, have you thought this through? I'll get an email on occasion, like, um, with Tesla going, uh, I don't even know the hypothetical to give you on this one. But they're always like, um, oh, with the whole Mets controversy last week, I talked about this briefly. If you want to buy into the Mets not getting a coach and the Houston Astros thing, the cheating signal, trash can beating World Series, should it be void or not void? If you want to get into that and like try to find an investment idea, this guy did. And he, he found Madison Square Garden and sports franchises. And there was a story last week about NBA franchises going higher. The Knicks are part of the MSG. There's a story, you know, hockey's not the story of like franchises are going for record numbers, but they're not going on discount either. All that work led him to wanting to buy a stock. And I'm like, did you even look at the numbers of the company? Like, I'm more of a numbers guy. He's more of a story guy. You know who's fascinating to me right now is Mark Zuckerberg. Going from college wonder kid, did he steal the technology? Did not steal the technology? Did he rip people off? Did he not? He is just, he is stoically robotic. It's like the TV show iRobot. He could be iRobot. Zuckerberg, over the weekend, specified areas he hopes for content regulation, including a different model for platforms, legal liability, and for enforcement to emphasize removing viral content as quickly as possible. It gets a little bit granular on what do we really expect from our governments to get out of Facebook. We know there's multiple investigations. The EU is looking into whether its data collection practices comply with antitrust law. There's a failure to comply with legislation on data protection. But Zuckerberg's kind of started to say, go ahead and regulate me. And I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, He thinks that he can kind of get through the regulation better than his competitors. I don't know at what point in time he becomes a true liability to Facebook. Um, We've seen Microsoft get a resurgence after they replaced Steve Ballmer as CEO. We've seen Google kind of – Microsoft is the best example. We've seen Apple – Steve Jobs created a great platform. Tim Cook doubled the size of Apple. Um, He did a pretty darn good job with a big company, growing it even bigger. Stock performance-wise, I'd take Tim Cook over Steve Jobs. Weird thing to say about a dead man, right? Wow. Speaking of Steve Jobs and Apple, Apple's still reportedly planning to launch a new iPhone next month. Interesting, right? So how pervasive is the issue? It's going to be a low-cost iPhone. Company said that it did not expect to meet its revenue target for March. At the same time, 
a budget-friendly iPhone is expected to resemble the iPhone 8, but have the same processor as the iPhone 11 and the iPhone 11 Pro. Um, so that's out there. Oh, have you figured that out yet, that Apple's going to do everything in a Pro version? Which is, I think, genius marketing. It, it may piss people off at some point. And, uh, but I think it's genius marketing. An iPad Pro, it's better than an iPad in your head. Uh, will they come out with a Watch Pro at some point in time? It's for the true serious athletes, not just for the gym athlete. AirPod Pros, we can charge $50 more because these are at least 2% better. So that's going on out there. Um, we could talk smart speakers a little bit later in the show. We could talk some other areas that are, are of interesting right now, like Jet Black's demise ushers a new era for Walmart. Retiring without a mortgage. You tell me. Drop me an email today. Rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. Open air, open microphone, all about you. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. We are in political season. That will be a driver of the stock market. We still have a lot of coronavirus concerns. And that, too, will drive a lot of moves in the market. Earnings season, you can kind of see how this goes, right? Yesterday when we had the day off, President's Day, which Trump has got to get someone on his Twitter. And he did President's Day with an apostrophe S. Uh, Just has to. Grammar is so important. Jeff Bezos yesterday announced that he would throw down $10 billion of his own wealth to save the planet. 130 page, no, 130 word post on Instagram. It had not a lot of details. He's committed Amazon to be a, to the climate pledge, which goes off the whole billionaire's pledge. He wants to reach net zero emissions by 2040. What's interesting about this is how do we want to spend his money or how do we want him to spend his money? Bill Gates led a $1 billion funding of a Breakthrough Energy Ventures back in the day, which ultimately seeks to make investments that will generate returns. You've seen some of the stuff that Bill Gates, and he's done this, and I I love the man. Um, I think he's aged well as a role of a humanitarian. But he'll go to an African village and he'll put a cup of water in a dirty, filthy river that's got feces in it, poured in a machine. Two minutes later, he's drinking fresh water. That's the Bill Gates method of spending money. Toilets that take less water, things like that. The total donated to climate-related causes in the U.S. is about $500 million annually. So Bezos throws down $10 billion. Bill Gates has got about a billion, but he wants his businesses that are tied towards it to like be real legit businesses. Bezos wants to make donations to scientists, activists, and NGOs. Very, very interesting different takes. There's a third take. Well, first and foremost, when you have $10 billion and you have to divvy it up, it's very, very difficult because the specialization that it takes to use such large sums of money 
um, it's difficult. Two of the largest environmental organizations in the United States spend $200 million and $85 million annually. So donating a chunk of money to fund research, it could fit behind Jeff Bezos' idea of like Blue Origin, which is like, we got to get off this planet. So what's interesting is there's another way of spending $10 billion, and you're seeing it pretty obviously with Mike Bloomberg right now. A year ago, he had no skin in the game in the presidential race. And now he's got 19% of the Democratic voters in the latest poll. I am not making any commentary on polls. But Biden's got 31%. No, no, Sanders has got 31 Bloomberg, 19. Biden, 15. Warren, 12. Klobuchar, 9. Buttigieg, 8. And again, I don't believe in polls. I don't, I'm not passing any judgment here. But it's interesting that if you can get someone, if you can buy someone a presidency for a billion dollars, or if you can buy, you know, a congressional seat, is that better use of that money? How do you spend money? The list of millionaires funding climate protests continue to grow. Less than 3% of the global giving goes towards addressing climate change. A lot of the giving in climate spheres has been short-term and short-sighted. So there's even a hedge fund now that's trying to take advantage of the climate. I'm just bringing this up because when you see someone give $10 billion, it's how does it get spent? If you read any of the old books by philanthropy of uh, Bill Gates, at one point in time with Africa, I'm not going to call it a troubled continent. I'm going to say it's a continent that has some economic, how shall we say, shortcomings compared to some of the other uh, continents. Still issues with drought in Ethiopia. Still issues with corrupt governments. Um, but at one point in time, he went in and starts the Gates Foundation, and he's like, I know what we can do. And all of his smart thinkers that he hired said, you know, try to give people birth control. A couple of years later, he goes, that was a horrible, horrible idea. What I should be doing now is trying to get people clean water. That's summing it up in a very, very small method, getting them vaccinations. Um, I'm inspired by some of the projects that I see. Uh, I spoke at a conference once with the Girl Scouts of America. And uh, the head Girl Scout of America, like the president of the group, she brought up three young women who all had different projects. Two of them were based on the African continent. One of them was, let's get some LED lamps for a village. She raised money. She went to Home Depot. She negotiated. Girl Scout, again, so she's probably like 14, 15, 16 um, in that range. That's a pretty complex project. But, yes, she she did it. Cool. That's an interesting way of changing the world. But another Girl Scout came up with another one. Her take was that a lot of times school-age girls in Africa can't go to school because of their menstrual cycle. Um, and she came up with a cheaper, reusable washable product that helps. Um, very interesting how we approach spending other people's money. It's very interesting what we do with, with you know, real honest philanthropy of like Girl Scouts and everything in between. And I just said, maybe Bezos could have, you know, bought the next president or two, bought a couple Congresses. I don't know. Um, 
maybe you could influence what's a dirty country in the world that you know has no respect for pollution. I'll just make one up and say uh, Octavio Stad. Maybe you can get a premiere in Octavio Stad kind of thing, right? Elsewhere in the world of news today, um, Alibaba, the Chinese-based e-commerce giant, beat expectations on top and bottom line results. They're saying they're getting a boost from uh, the coronavirus for e-commerce and for cloud computing. Interesting. Aurora Cannabis, the Canadian cannabis producer, reported lower than expected revenue for its latest quarter and warned the industry headwinds will continue to impact revenue. I have no marijuana investments and no interest until I could see legitimate companies making legitimate money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Find out more at New Focus Financial if you want to schedule a meeting and or get some downloadables that will help you with your portfolio. Check it out at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Here's an interesting thing that I'm seeing in the coronavirus stories. China is starting to collect some of the cash money in the provinces and burning it. I get questions all the time from people, which is better to use, credit cards, debit cards, or cash? And I would say credit cards for everything unless you're using them for everyday purchases, bottom line. If you can't pay your bills on a monthly basis and you have to like watch your cash drain out of your, your bank account, debit cards are for you, but I think that's ignorant and I think it creates a ton of liability for you. If your debit card gets hacked which the moment you give it to a waitress or a waiter and they run your card, if they see you punching the four digits, I mean four digits for a debit card, ah, no, 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 no. Not when that's the technology that we've been protecting debit cards with since when? 35 years ago? No, 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 no. So when to use credit cards? Credit cards have perks and rewards. Using credit cards could be a financially sound decision. Carrying balances for month to month is an incredibly bad decision. But with credit cards, you can take advantage of some key benefits. Um, I use an American Express. For instance, if you buy a new Apple phone with an American Express card, you have a debate. Do you want to use the Apple card and get 6% back on your purchase, or do you want to use the American Express card and get 2% back on your purchase and uh, an extra year of a warranty? So the one-year manufacturer's warranty becomes two. Interesting, right? I've used the American Express consumer protections that they offer on electronics. To me, worth it. But again, there's going to be different gas station rewards. There's going to be different travel rewards, whether it be airlines and or airlines and hotels, or just airlines or just hotels. Um, I probably use three, maybe four, three regularly, and maybe a fourth randomly with my credit cards. But credit cards aren't for everyone. I love my rewards. I love that I can say to my family, like, hey, you guys can go to Europe this summer on me, and I'll stay back and work. And the flights are taken care of just from basic spending in my life. But credit cards aren't for everyone. I get it. 
A lot of people saw their daddy get into credit card debt, and they don't want to be their daddy. A lot of people saw their great-great-granddaddy lose the farm, and they don't want to be their great-great-granddaddy. I don't want to owe anything to anybody. They came and took my granddaddy's farm. Credit cards aren't for everyone. I get it, but that's your issue because you have impulsive buys. It's your issue because your grandfather's farm wasn't secured by a mortgage. It was just a, a, a loan. It's your issue that your your father had you know bad credit habits because he maybe got married too early, had too many kids, and the weight of the world pulled him down. And then on occasion, you know, he wanted to buy something you know fun for himself because the last time he had fun was twenty years ago. I get why people are afraid of making mistakes their parents made, but I don't use debit cards for anything. It's a cash transaction that has a lot of digital information and. You can have you can be wiped out of your bank account. Um, now again, cash versus debit cards. I tend to use cash stupidly. Um, if I'm supposed to tip fifteen bucks and all I have in my pocket is nineteen, I'll throw down nineteen. That's a bad example, but you get the idea. I don't like cash. Cash is filthy dirty. So I'm a credit card first, debit card. One tenth of one percent. Um, I'd rather do. A, I'd, I'd do more banking or more financial transactions with uh, transfers and with Venmo and with other sources. To me, a debit card isn't my. It doesn't even hit my radar. I might travel with one. Hmm, if I'm going to a small town, and I don't. I, don't even, I can't even come up with a good one. So credit cards are my way of going. If you don't like that, I think you have some emotional baggage that you're bringing to the financial table. Now, retiring with or without a mortgage, this is a big financial planning topic. Whether you're 65 or 35, a lot of people want to end their mortgage. There was a day and age where our parents and our parents' parents they would get a mortgage book. When they first got a mortgage with the bank, the bank would send them a, a, a coupon book of 30 years of 12 payments. And every month, you would pull off a payment, write a check, and send it in. I haven't really seen those coupon books anymore, but there used to be a mortgage-cutting, mortgage-burning coupon book party for people who paid off their mortgage. And there's several ways of approaching that, in my opinion. Like, do you want to pay it off before you hit retirement? Do you not? Do you want to say, okay, when I hit retirement, I'm going to sell one of my properties to pay off my other property? To me, a mortgage is still a low-cost loan that has a lot of tax benefits. Do you want to find ways to cut corners on other household expenses that you could apply towards your uh, mortgage, or do you want to find ways of cutting other household expenses that you can keep your income higher in retirement so you don't mind servicing a debt? It's going to be very difficult when you retire. You're 62 years old. Or let's say you're 52. You retire early, and you're, you're you know hip hip hooraying yourself for retiring early. Suddenly, you're going to find that healthcare costs are a lot, and then you're also going to start thinking about the mortgage costs. So making extra mortgage payments, or it, it could be your way of cutting it down before you're you know 60 years old, 62. Um, a $225,000 mortgage at 5% over 30 years works out to roughly a payment of $1,200. Uh, 
So you pay $210,000 interest on the life of the loan, and I get it. I'm okay with paying interest on low-cost interest. I would rather, instead of putting $100 a month towards the mortgage, put $100 a month towards saving for retirement or income in retirement. I get the idea of paying it off early. I get it. $100 a month. Um, it can cut your interest payments $40,000 in a lifetime. But if you also put $100 a month, you could start creating income and still have that asset in retirement. I'm not saying one's more right than the other. Before you retire, you may want to consider refinancing. So when you're 75 years old and you say, oh, the interest rates are low, they're going to go, you don't have any income, sir. We're not refinancing it for you. Or they're going to say, you have to put up more collateral or something. I'm planning on downsizing my lifestyle when I retire. Maybe a little bit more reading, maybe a little bit more community service. But downsizing my home, I already live in a small home in California. So I would have to downsize my um, state to an area that maybe is more friendly for retirees, to an area that's maybe more friendly for, do I need two spare bedrooms? Do I need one spare bedroom? What if the kids have grandkids? What if the kids grandkids have grandkids kind of thing? Then you start getting into like this crazy stuff. But relocating to a cheaper city, I kind of want to do. Only because where I live now, it's just become too crowded. And I, I think as I get older, I'm like I don't like driving at midnight anymore. I don't want to be that old guy in your town that everyone's like, he shouldn't be driving. They should take his keys away. When my mom, when my father retired, uh, not when he retired, when he died, there's still a mortgage. And 20 years later, we were still paying. Her children were still paying it for her. She didn't know how to send in mortgage payments. She never did it in her life. My dad did it. So what would have been lovely when my mom was still 60 years old, I think my dad, when my dad died, she was 56 years old, and now she's 80 plus. When she was 56 years old, she could have got a roommate. She doesn't have to get a lover. She doesn't have to get a husband. She doesn't have to get like, uh, you know, anything like that. She could have got a roommate. A college student said, okay, I'm gonna, I know rooms are $1,000, but I'm going to give it to you for 250 if you'll help do dishes. Keep me company on occasion. You know, there's alternatives to paying off your mortgage early. And again, that's a good example of basically retiring at 58, coming up with an idea. I'm not against renting when I do retire. Let's say I say I'm going to go to Palm Springs. Or I'm going to go to, I don't know, Sarasota, Florida. I've never lived in Palm Springs. I've never lived in Sarasota. I'm going to go live there for a year as a renter, maybe six months. Find out if I like it. I'm not diving straight in. You know, I, the, the images that I grew up with in Florida, and I don't know, you probably have the same one, is, and maybe shows like The Sopranos kind of just perpetrated a, a myth was that major cities in Miami and Tampa and St. Pete, uh, Daytona, are just overwhelmed with old people who get early bird specials. Like Most of their restaurants have like mashed potatoes. Every restaurant has mashed potatoes because how many senior citizens are there? Can't you? <laughs> Isn't it great getting old? No, it's not great getting old, is the answer. Um, 
Anyhow, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. The U.S. oil industry is expected to cut spending by 10 to 15%. That is a major cut. And when you cut spending by 10 to 15%, you're cutting down employees, you're cutting down manufacturers, you're cutting down service models, sometimes of that city, sometimes um, businesses. So U.S. oil is flooded into the world market, and it's one of the reasons why West Texas uh, Intermediate Crude is trading at $51 a barrel. Oil is down 22% from its January high. A lot of people are worried that we have too much oil in the world now when compared to solar, hydropower, geothermal, and renewables growing. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. I get an email on occasion with someone that really clearly doesn't listen to me or my show. Typically starts with, hi, Ron, I really like your show. My name's Rob, but that's okay. I'll give you a little second tale. I was recently listening to, and you can insert another radio show or television station or newsletter guru, and um, they said the market can go to zero, or they said the market will go to 40,000. What do you think? And here's a video. Sometimes the video, I mean, sometimes it's really horrific stuff, like people who are just clearly scamming you. Not scamming, but they're clearly selling fear in order to get a transaction from you. And their knowledge of good or bad investments, not important because they're not in that business. They're in the business of getting a transaction from you. I think Robert Kiyosaki is one of the greatest theater men in the world because he's able to get people to a seminar. I think he's one of the worst investors in the world. But he's doing a seminar on investing. I have problems with that. I have problems because, for instance, 60 Minutes had problems with him. I had problems because state attorney generals had problems with him. Not because I've ever had a personal interaction with him or anything along those lines, but I have had secondhand experience where people have said, you know, I went to a seminar, not necessarily his, just any. And, you know, it was free, but within 30 minutes, there's another level. And the way it was told, it was like... So this is like getting invited to the kids' table. So we're giving you kids' table information. But if you want to come to the adult table, it costs money. And then after that, if you want direct mentoring, it costs even more money. I've seen that bill get up to $40,000 a year. I've seen people, I've heard secondhand of people say, I was intimidated into giving up 4000 Not because I didn't want to be at the, the small person's table, but because there was a guy standing right next to me of, why don't you want to be at the big table? Why don't you whip out that credit card and do it right now? Don't you want to help your family? And it gets kind of ludicrous. But I'll let you find that out on your own. But when people send me emails, you can clearly tell who, who, they, who know you and who don't. Let's talk about smart speakers. They're relatively early in their adoption rate. And yet we're also starting to wonder if the proliferation of all the cheap smart speakers. Hey, Siri, do this. Hey, Siri, do that. Um. We're starting to wonder, oh, by the way, do you know the newest kind of bullion is Hey Alexa? So if you know any girls named Alexa, kids are taunting them of Hey Alexa, like 
lick my feet kind of thing. Or, hey, Alexa, go get me a soda. So China's going to be home to 85 and a half million smart speakers this year. That beats the United States 74.2 million. Penetration is higher in the United States with 26% of internet users versus in China with just 10%. So we're tying our speakers together a little bit better with some of our uh, technology ideas versus just using it for a smart speaker and using it for audio. Smart speakers are widely used in the UK, 22.4% of internet users, followed by Germany, 17.2%, France, 14%. Now, again, who plays the smart speaker market? It's pretty simple. Amazon, Apple, Google. Will there be more? Sure. I can already tell you that, like, Sonos, who I was a music stereo speaker lover of Sonos products because it was tied towards wireless technologies way longer before. I used to hate splitting wires, the red one and the black, and put it in your speaker and run the speaker wire over here. But Sonos is already starting to lose mind share with me because they're not integrating as fast into the Siri HomePod, the Amazon Echo, Amazon's Alexa speakers. So I see them as, I think they get acquired down the road. If anyone wants high-quality speakers, maybe it's Apple or maybe it's Google or maybe it's Amazon, or maybe they just say, you know what, they can't do what we do with our data, and therefore we're just going to squeeze them until they're dead. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of trends in China, Canada, Germany, UK on smart speakers and ways that we could benefit from them. So, again, let's just keep paying attention to the winners and the losers. Um, still pretty early in that game. Even though the penetration rates are getting higher, the applications and the monetization is still pretty low. Speaking of Internet users and such, um, Walmart once was kind of like in a fight against Amazon because it was perceived that Walmart's customers were not Internet savvy, whereas Amazon customers were. So Walmart said that it's shutting down its Jet Black service which was a personal shopper concierge service after two plus years in New York company. It was hemorrhaging money, $15,000 per customer. Allegedly. I don't know how that's even possible, but Walmart went out of their way to say, you know, it's just not working, which is great. Now wall street's figuring it out that Walmart doesn't really sell. Well, it doesn't really jive with coastal elites. Will Walmart give up on the coastal elites, the pocket and the deep pocketed snobs that we are? Probably not. So Walmart shutting down Jet Black probably implies that they're confident enough in its own programming and talent that it no longer will pay for a small money losing operation. Walmart was considered woefully unprepared before they bought Jet Black. And over those last four years, Walmart scooped up a bunch of tech talent. They've done a lot of glitzy brands. Um so Walmart's digital dominance is, you know, <clears throat> at the end of its extravagant brand uh, spending spree. They don't have to go out and buy someone like Jet Black. You know, Amazon buying Zappos. They're starting to figure it out on their own. 
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Find me online, um, newfocusfinancial.com, with some downloadables, podcasts to CFP, Chad Burton Show, and much, much more. That's newfocusfinancial.com.